Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Practice. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. It's it's a full house. Um, have we managed this this year yet? Is this the first time we've done this? Who has been checking? <laughs> yeah. Everybody get your big uh, podcasting practice spreadsheet out now and, you know, mark mm-hmm. your cards as appropriate. And then, you know, don't tell us about it. Just keep that yeah, shit to yeah, yourself. Don't. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Don't talk to us. Who the fuck do you think mm-hmm. you are? <laughs> All right, Rob. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mood. I wrote the show notes and they put me in a mood. Which is uh, a good one, I presume. A prime, yeah, a prime indicator of how the rest of the episode's going to fucking go. Uh, do you want to um, do you want to just fucking kick us off with the horrible yeah let us kick, uh, let us kick off so essentially uh, it's not even a content warning it's ma- basically like the nuggets are full of very high blood pressure stuff but then the main uh, topic is just dumb shit so you know if you if you feel like more high blood pressure in your life keep listening now do you know? Do you know? Right, I'm I'm literally literally coming off caffeine to try and lower my blood pressure before I do the test for my ADHD medication. Like, oh joy, I can't win. I can't fucking win. Yeah, and then you did a podcast about UK politics. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and you also maybe. foolishly chose to live in the UK. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, maybe taking a sabbatical from the podcast and possibly the UK would be good for my blood pressure and might do more than coming off caffeine. That'd be easier. Hmm. Yeah. Go on then, Rob. Or just spike my heart rate. Uh, all right, so let's just kick off then. Um, so we all know the Tavistock Centre, right? It's quite important to for young people uh, who need, um, you know, trans care and medicine and all that stuff. You know, the, the service that's already massively oversubscribed and has a waiting list measured in years, essentially, right? Um, and that's years now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. I don't know what the exact, like weight is but it's 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 hugely long so last july uh, nhs england after a, i think it was called the cas report which was very critical of trans care for young people in 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 general and how the nhs is running or essentially not running it um so last july i think it was last july and nhs england announces that the sole provider uh, of gender identity health services for kids and young adults in england uh, which is the tavistock center would be replaced uh, but mind you, this only uh, affects uh, trans care in England, not Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, who have their own uh, services. But it will be replaced, they said, <laughs> with something. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go into, you know. The, no, it's yeah, fine. Technically the, correct is the best kind of correct. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the story I'm about to tell specifically refers to NHS England and not the other bits. Hanson, therefore. Um, but so the, the replacement, the NHS England said, would be better. So that would be one new clinic in London and one somewhere in the northwest. Tavistock itself would close and then these clinics would take over and there'd be more people and better, etc., etc. So Am I jumping the gun in assuming they've just done one without, crucially, without doing the other? Oh, Alistair, I hate it when you spoil the conclusion. Uh, yeah, there was a big piece. Uh, it came out today, I think, in Vice, uh, written by Ben Hunt. Um, let me just read a little bit of it. 
Uh, there are no employees signed up to move. There is no trading for wider NHS staff and our waiting lists are paused. The reality is that we have to accept that there is currently no NHS service for transgender young people. There is unlikely to be any service made available to them in the near future. This is according to one uh, senior doctor I spoke to. And that's because the NHS is doing that thing where they say, oh, well, we'll close the thing. But they haven't, like, the people who work at Tavistock haven't been asked to move to the northwest or to this center in london they haven't nobody's been you know merged there's been no mergers there's no you know transfer of stock or services or anything uh it's literally nobody knows what's going on and the answer from what it looks like at least is because there's no announcements they may just shut down the tavistock center without any replacement and mind you know that the waiting list the queue was at like five thousand people 5,000 young people at the moment um and there's a there's a not unrealistic chance that like young trans people will just receive absolutely no care because this heartless bastard of a shithole government and presumably also labor once Rosie fucking duffield gets in um you know they just they'll just close it and then they'll they'll just be nothing so, like, it's not being formally closed, not yet, because apparently by statute, NHS, the, the local trust, I forget which one runs it, um, has to, like, send a formal piece of paper saying you have to close and then you have, then it's six months and then it's shut. So, like, they haven't, the Tavistock hasn't received that formal piece of paper, so they may not shut down, but they're also not building the new things, Um that were promised so whether or not there will be any trans care left for young people is completely unknown at the moment um i'm going to quote a little bit more from the same doctor that i was just quoting just a bit earlier all i can really do now is wrap the, these trans kids up in cotton wool to get through these difficult years with no support and then get them ready as early as possible into adult gender services when they hit 18. It's hard not to think that this was a deliberate act by NHS England and they're deliberately hurting trans children for a political win. What a normal sentence. I, I mean, <clears throat> fuck's sake. This, I mean, this is just straight up political violence, right? This is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, d- death by a thousand cuts. <sighs> this is just I mean, placating, like, the worst freaks in the Daily Mail over the back of thousands of, like kids and children you know like we don't need to go into the you know the records of you know self-harm and violence done to trans people overall but like no i'm gonna be honest this is i'm not joking i'm not using hyperbole this is step one of genocide well i mean i was gonna say this is cut from the exact same cloth as the um attitude that this government and you know, broadly, the next fucking Labour government is going to have uh, against um, Gypsy Roma yeah. traveller people, like it's or migrants just... and refugees for that fucking yeah, same matter. exactly. It's the exact same attitude of just make things shitty and awful, and just, just you know, just telling these groups of people just die, just don't exist anymore. Then we don't have to deal with you, even though these people are always going to exist, um, not for lack of trying on uh, the part of our government. So, yeah, I mean, I, I watched um, uh, Philosophy Tube's video on like how difficult what difficult it was for her to get the right healthcare and to talk to the right people that she needed to you know to get the care that she needed, and like that was for an adult with a platform and influence. 
So like, what are these poor kids supposed to do when they're 18? Because when they're 18, the situation is still fucked. Like, it's wild. Yeah, he's a new queue to go to the back of. Yeah, that when when they're 18, they go to the back of a new queue, which is uh, yeah, that's something. That's great. It's I mean, really, we disgusting. need to be taking everything. Everyone needs to be taking a leaf out of the book of the French, right? Just like have chocolate for breakfast. I, uh, you know, I can't say anything like really funny or whatever about it. It's just disgusting. And it's just, it, you know, like, what are you supposed to do in this country? Like now, what are you, what are you, what are you meant to do as a, as a child or as a parent or as some, as a loved one? Like how suffer. you, suffer. you know, You're just supposed to suffer. That's like, the point. Like, can you, like, is it, do you have to move? Like, can you move? Is that, is that what we're going to? Do you, do you need to go to a country where it's like not as fucking shit? Is that even, uh, it's though, for most well, people, I mean, that's not if, even fucking possible. If that is within your means to do so, I would highly recommend it because you would, even if you did manage to get the care that you need or get onto the list for care that you need, you are still going to be receiving that care in this fucking country, which is destined to try and humiliate you for you being who you are and just, worse it, it just it genuinely appalled me and it kind of you know i did see a lot of it today of this story on on twitter or in other places just because i don't know maybe it just kind of slipped under the wire because of all the other shit that's been going on but yeah like it's just it's just revolting and also just to do it by this fucking like vanze conference style bureaucratic little trick just to just to get it out on the table, you know, just to in the waning days of this shit house administration that really does doesn't want to do any fucking work except just like make the Daily Mail happy. It's just it's disgusting, and I just I really hate it, and I find it difficult to talk about. And sorry, it's not a light introduction, but sometimes we have to, you know, fucking do this. Yeah. Anyway, that's. Anyway, that's lighthearted story number one. Let's turn uh, our attention to lighthearted story number two. I promise you there's more funnier stuff coming down the pipe in the episode. It's just some stuff we got to talk about because it's still life in Britain. Uh, the, sec so the, thing the second thing is, I know, David, you've been posting this. Uh, Labour's been rolling out new policies, specifically how to get people with mental health issues and addiction issues back to work. Uh, oh boy so they're going to start incorporating uh, flexible working hours much more lenient uh, holiday and sick pay much more no. like accommodating pay no no, no none of that. regulation uh, on bosses or anything like that no mm. no no i mean it's so, uh, the, hmm. the proposal is that that uh, if labor were to come in that the dwp would work with treatment centers to help people find work so I can't wait for the DWP to have more access to whatever data a treatment center for whatever it is you're suffering has on you. I can't wait for that. Oh That'll boy, your your indifferent doctor gets to uh, tell the D DWP worker who literally hates you. Um, what's what's wrong with you, fucking ace? Oh, oh it would be better than that. I can guarantee you that the DWP fucking the dental hygienist that they've hired to be like in charge of your healthcare or whatever through this outranks your actual GP when it comes to any decisions being made. Yeah, There will probably. be some bullshit along those lines. It already works like that with the fucking work capability assessments. I can go one better than this. My brain is on fire. My third eye is opened. I'm tuned into the spirit of Britain's aid. It's disgusting. And uh, he here we are. What's going to happen is DWP is going to get in touch with your mental health care provider um, 
who is currently treating you because you're suffering severe depression and you know other problems because you're you're suffering from gender dysphoria and they're going to see if they can get you into work as an untreated trans person because there's no provision for you in the country that's where it's that that's it Anyway, this is um, uh, according. This is in the words of uh, Shadow DWP and noted fucking snake uh, Jonathan Ashworth. If you can support people in the first weeks or couple of uh, or couple of months of worklessness because of ill health, you are more likely to help those people return to work than when they've been out of work for the last two years. But that's what's happening for the moment. This government ha has written off a generation. So like. Your quest for work should start right at the beginning of your treatment. This stupid cunt is just saying that, like, you know, if you look at the numbers, it turns out people who are only out of work for a couple of weeks get back into work faster than people who are out of work indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> well done, yeah. brain genius. The numbers don't you know lie. What? If they want to help people into work and improve their mental health, they should pay them to remain peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, like, look, overall, this is not to say that, like, if you have an addiction or a mental health condition, if you want to work or you want to do volunteer work or you want to, you know, do perform some role in society of whatever it is you're choosing, like, you should be able to do that. You should be supported in one in the things that you want to do. But like, let's trust Jonathan fucking Ashworth and Keir Starmer about this, right? Well, you know, no like, fucking government yeah. has ever done that, though, have they? It's always just no. like they always say they're going to fucking support people. What they actually mean mm -hmm. is like they're just going to fucking put, push you into a skip and burn you for fuel. I mean, yeah. like he, he he says it's it's a piece in the Guardian. He does say, look, like that right now the services for addiction and mental health are totally underfunded, and that should be done properly. It's like this are they right, are they that's... pledging are they pledging to fucking fund them? Are they? Uh, well, I saw. I, I don't uh, hear good that. Lord, no. I don't. I don't hear that. What I hear is that like all the numbers. The numbers show that if you're you're out of work for a short amount of time, then like the economy <laughs> likes you more than if you're yeah. like fucking. No, there is actually there is actually Ill. something in the article about how they would change the way that the funding works. And yeah, like, there's too there much we go. of a competition thing behind it. But they'll stick not, it, it on their Google right. Pay rather than their fucking credit card. There we go. <laughs> I've, I've, excuse what? me a second. I'm just picking up my briefcase with a big red rosette on it. And how's this for one? How about right? They take the people who are mentally ill and they send them via the job centre to work placements, and then use the payments from the companies for those work placements, which are subsidised by the government, to pay for restoring the mental health services. So you work to get your fucking, you know, uh, CBT treatment. Man, we're really into, like, feed the, hun the homeless to the hungry territory, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things as well in this is that the... <laughs> They make it sound like they're actually being quite clever and sensible and are listening because they acknowledge that work capability assessments are bad things that people shouldn't Well, be going who through. fucking came up with those? Yeah. Well, the whole thing here is that they should try and get rid of that. We should reform those away and just like you can go replace back to work. Them with, but the replace idea them is, with the new assessment of work capability. <laughs> no, listen, it's worse than this. The idea is that if you go back to work um, and it turns out you're not ready to go back to work, you can just go straight back onto the benefit you were on before because you weren't ready. So in other words, what that means is oh they've turned it into a full-on trial by fucking fire. They're going to oh, yeah, push you to go back to your work when you're not fucking ready to in the middle of a mental health crisis so that you can then have a public fucking meltdown in your place of work, surrounded by your fucking yeah. peers and colleagues, 
only to then come back out and go, well, I feel better. That was definitely a positive step on the road to recovery. Thank you, Keir Starmer, for my participation trophy in the world of work. Is uh, <laughs> is fucking Jonathan Ashworth pledging that under Labour, if you, like, you're mentally ill and you, the job centre sends you to a job and then you, you flake out and you come back, are you allowed to headbutt the guy at the job centre when he asks why you left the job? <laughs> I'm, I'm um, well, actually, he he's tries to head off the pass on this criticism. I'll just read you a little bit for The, for the Guardian. Ash, Ashworth said he rejected any accusation that the scheme would force people into jobs when they could not work. For too long, people have uh -huh. been forced into humiliating... For too long, people have been asking me questions already answered by my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, into humiliating assessment processes and we are committed to reforming those processes yeah. but helping people into good quality work will be uh, will be an overwhelming ambition of the next labor government uh -huh. right so uh, we, we don't want to force people back into work but what we are doing is making it a lot easier for you to be forced back into work because there isn't like a barrier at the other end of that do you know yeah. what, what they're going to the do? They're going to do to reform the work capability assessment is have it performed by like two fucking alternative therapy specialists instead of just one, like it is currently. Do you know what I'm? Thinking? No, it'll be yeah. one and ChatGPT that will also think you're Hitler oh. by the end of it. <laughs> do you know what I'm picturing here? I'm picturing. Remember, Jamie, you told us the story of how you went to that place, they missold you the position, and then um, eventually you binned it off and came back, and then. The the, yeah. the guy who employed you had to fill out a form, basically, and he, he fucking lied and, and said a bunch of shit, and then you got to write a reply. I'm just picturing it's going to be that. They're going to send you to your, back to a job, but then they're going to like get the job to fill in a form to ask, well, were they actually unsuited to work? What did you see? So that your boss is going to be ruling on your mental health. Like that's Probably, the, That yeah. is the shape of this thing. Guaranteed nailed on. Headbutt your boss. That's my solution. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's not going to be any actual like regulation or standards enforcement or anything like that when it comes to how you're actually treated in the workplace by these people that will potentially have some sort of fucking say over, like, you know, how you interact with the DWP. So that's very fucking cool. Very, yeah. very new labour of them. Mm -hmm. Now, weirdly, at the exact same remember, time, um, do you remember? Um, the... I, sorry, do you remember when like the fucking Obamacare and, and the right wing were all shitting their pants about death panels that we yeah. had on the NHS? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that? yeah, yeah. They'll probably just bring those in, but like the, one of the guys on the panel will be a circus clown, so you're at least like happy about it, you know? <laughs> like, oh, it seems a bit like it brings a little bit of joy to like the fucking panel ruling me fit to work. Putting putting a putting a fucking uh, circus clown on the on the death panel, so you can be like those uh, firing squads in World War One, so that you never know who actually fired the bullet that killed you. <laughs> Unless it's a little flag with bang written on it. Yeah, Cons consoling you with a balloon animal shaped like a diazepam. Great. <laughs> I only wish to be consoled with a giant spy balloon. If I'm fairly honest. Um, <laughs> oh. Weirdly, though, like the government is focusing on this exact same group of people. Uh, well, they're doing Whoa. two things. They're like concerned about the labor participation rates. So, like, if you're like uh, uh, over fifty, you get like nice treats and tax rebates if you want to do some more work and you've retired early. But if you're a uh, universal credit claimant, then you're gonna get something else happen to you. Uh, I think we talked about this in a previous episode. So now, six hundred thousand uh, universal credit claimants uh, will need to meet a work coach to increase hours or earnings, and otherwise, gets what's gonna happen to your um, universal credit. And this was to a, in a, there was a good column on this by Francis Ryan in The Guardian. Um, 
Stay-at-home moms whose partners receive universal credits could be blitzed with an ad campaign to get them into the labour market. Fucking blitz. Says, British people should not be allowed to use the word blitz anymore. Really get so you what know? you're saying is these people, these people who are on universal credit need to increase their hours or increase their pay, but absolutely no striking. Yeah. yeah. No, of course not. Like, w- w- okay. Just so w- we're clear. why are you why are you inconveniencing me in my treats, Alistair? What's wrong with you? Oh, man. Why just, do you hate Britain? That just making me think of the most infuriating thing anyone ever says online, which is just get a better paying job. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Don't worry about that, Alistair. That's not likely to happen because anyone that's on universal credit is very very unlikely to be in a position where they've actually managed to get a job as secure as having a union and some sort of like representation it's just going to be dog shit insecure work that they can't even yeah it'll just be amazon prime it'll just be you'll be just be the amazon warehouse or equivalent thereof but what, what the interesting thing here is there's two separate things going on here which are quite fascinating. Because the whole push to universal credit was basically if you combine the benefits into one, then you get to do a kind of sleight of hand whereby you can cut benefits to people who would be politically unpopular to gut. Um, and people won't notice because people think it's all like, you know, um, job seekers and things like that when actually you're hurting disabled and various others. Then the second part and the real impetus behind this is long COVID. They're staring down the barrel and getting really fucking worried about the amount of a workforce. Not that's just like straight up died or dropped out, you know, due to change in life circumstances, but to the number of people who are fucking getting actually disabled from long COVID and it's seriously impacting on their ability. I mean, I don't know if it's just long COVID. Like, it's just a series of shit. You know, if it's just like there's there's any series of things being. It's something like one in four or one in three people are disabled. Like working age people are disabled. Like uh, to some extent or another like it's mm-hmm. and but, yet the, mean, obviously yeah. obviously the government hates people who say actually working is not as straightforward to as uh, just getting on the train and commuting into london every day for my seventy thousand pound a week fucking uh column job <laughs> but it's just well, i mean it's, i'm glad you mentioned the 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 columnist uh, alistair because of course this plan uh, was was something that the daily mail and, and other papers were very much in favor of uh the daily mail called this a plan to fight the epidemic of inactivity while the fucking sun calls for single mothers to be dragged off benefits i mean once again it's- aren't we in aren't we at like an, like in the history of humanity levels of high levels of productivity Mm-hmm. I mean, Britain isn't, but like, like, but Britain. I, I mean, mean, the fucking Daily Mail and the Sun aren't. I'll tell you that much for nothing. <laughs> I mean, Britain has historically always had like shit productivity per hour. Like, that's like one of the big problems that's like structural and baked into the cake. But it's not like, it's not going to be solved by this shit, you know? Like, even the you know, productivity like, of what? Producing what? Transfer, I don't know. It's, uh, it's like yeah. it's like productivity per hour. It's like if you whatever you take the money GDP, nonsense. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just economy. Money is is as always fake and, and not real. Except, we don't you know, make when anything. You... It's just it's a fucking bullshit surface economy that's like completely fucking built on lies and hope. We make we make the world a worse place, and we're very fucking good at it. Thank you very much. We are very now good. Now that's at that, true. Yeah. You are very, very Jamie, good at that. Jamie podcasting from the top of Silicon Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Manufacturers the finest hope sinks in all of the European continent. Stick one of these uh, on, it'll, it'll suck off all your excess hope. No problem at all. 
Well, I mean, in, in terms of that, so one more uh, quick nugget and then we'll get on to the, 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 the main bit. This is via the Nottingham Post and the Daily Record. Um, so in response to some parliamentary questions from Beth Winter, who's a, a Labour MP, the DWP has confirmed that it does indeed stop P uh, uh, PIP payments after 28 days in hospital. And that's because the DWP says, well, after 28 days, you've been getting food and shelter from hospitals. So you don't need us to pay for you. Cool. But don't yeah, worry, uh, as we all know, they give you as fuck all in the way of pip anyway. Yeah, but none of it's meant. None of it's meant to pay for food. It's like fucking uh, mobility, mm -hmm. isn't it? No, and mm -hmm. as we as we all know, well, the second you pass across uh, a hospital's threshold, uh, the landlord is no longer asking you for rent. So no. yeah, mm -hmm. makes perfect sense yeah. to me. Yeah, a hospital is kind of like a church. As churches aren't a vampires, so. Hospitals are to landlords. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I like the idea of a landlord just like hissing teeth bad at like the in entrance to an A and E. Although this this does bring to mind like the the glorious side benefit of it is that if a landlord has a heart attack, they can't bring him to a hospital. No, but unfortunately, once they're dead, if you sprinkle some blood on this, they spring back to life. I imagine nice. landlords are just like a constant menace at hospitals. They have to just keep sweeping them out with a broom because they're in there trying to measure the place for flats. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone leaves a door open to get some better ventilation and they just scurry in. Yeah, I mean, it's just look, it's only big. The, the PIP uh, payments apparently do restart, but only at the very date of your discharge. Uh, it doesn't end your overall entitlement to one. But don't worry about it, because according to current DWP minister and Tory cunt, Tom Purseglove, no idea. Uh, that, that, he is, said, that is a fucking name. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked him up. I'm willing to bet that his parents have uh, like our blue marked on Wikipedia. It's a cadet branch of money cuts. <laughs> um, no, but he said it's fine because he said the DWP does has no evidence that the policy may affect an individual's decision to seek medical care. So, do you know what's you know, fun? The number of times the, DW, the DWP has lied about the horrendous effects its policies have had on the people that actually are meant to like interact with them to receive like yeah. benefits pip things like this because pretty much every time it's oh yeah our policies have awful effects and cause people to go into destitution to starve to death to freeze to death things like this and there's mountains of evidence but obviously the, the dwp doesn't ever want to have this evidence see the light of day if they can help it so um they just work with the fucking Daily Mail and so on to put up, put out articles saying that you know people who are benefiting from PIP and things like that just need to go back to work. Simple. So uh, anyway, as I said, that's the uh, that's the nuggets over and done with. Uh, I hope you're still with us. Take some time, you know, take a breather if you need. Um, but as I said, there's lighter stuff coming up now. Who wants to talk about our armed forces and the various <laughs> things that they have been involved with over Me. the last couple of weeks? Yes. Yes. Um, what have they done I, this time? Is that a microwave part... I'm hearing in the background there? I'm pretty sure that's a microwave interfering with the, the microphone there. Sure is. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, for, for so for our main uh, topic, I thought we should uh, look at some some old friends, some previous uh, previous contestants on this here podcast yes. and see, see how they're getting on with things. Uh, and let's start with... Uh, I love clip with our, shows. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so let's start with um, with the aircraft carriers. Uh, you might recall that last year during the summer, we talked about uh, our Britain's second uh, non Oh, these were the ones that were like fucking gremlins, weren't they? You can't get them wet. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the F-35s because they still lose their uh, special coating if they get too wet. Um, and you might recall that like the Prince fucking of Wales... Fucking furry which... stealth planes. <laughs> get them wet all the fur fucking flattens out and doesn't deflect the radar <laughs> uh you might recall that that the the prince of wales which is the second one of our uh, non-nuclear uh, aircraft carriers kind of fell apart last summer and it couldn't go on its big training exercise and there was like a mechanical fault but we didn't quite know what it was but um somebody at the telegraph a few days ago has finally figured out what the mistake was and I'm sure you're going to be shocked. Put the doors on backwards. Uh, close enough. Uh, what they did is uh, they misaligned both the starboard and the port side sh- uh, prop shafts, um, which is quite, quite bad. Um, oh, did they, did they put the starboard on the port and the port on the starboard? Is that what they did? Because that would be the most Rob, on-brand I, This is fake. really important. Rob, this is really important. Does this mean that those ships have a vibration issue? Well, Alistair, I'm glad you asked. Let me read you from the Telegraph. This can cause oh, the shaft to vibrate beyond its design tolerance. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I'm not joining the army. Have you heard about that Ajax trouble? Fuck me. No, it's the Navy for me. They can't vibrate you to death if there's no ground to rattle you against. Weird, I'm getting a phone call from a podcast right now. <laughs> uh, it can wear out the berries. Royal Hitachis. They're going to phase, going to phase just like out of reality and just recreate the Philadelphia experiment on. <laughs> <laughs> Hitachi-induced Philadelphia experiment is definitely a bit I'm here for. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. They should have just built, like, a really big simian to land the F-35s on. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know what? <laughs> they really need to go for the hat trick of getting the F-35s vibrating the shit out of the pilots. I hope they do that as well. <laughs> I hate that I know this, but uh, Alistair, guess what was one of the first production issues with the F-35? I am <laughs> wrapped right now. <laughs> Turbulence issues around the aerofoils. <laughs> uh, I just need to Google this. Oh, it turns out turbulence is a kind of vibration. Yeah, it's funny that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so um, apparently if it's if it vibrates beyond its design tolerances, the bearings wear out, and in some in- extreme cases, uh, a coupling on the shaft itself can break, which is what happened uh, last year to the HMS's uh, Prince of Wales uh, starboard shaft last <laughs> last September. And just as a brief I- reminder, what they should just do is replace the propeller with Tom Clancy spinning in his grave. i wish i wish tom clancy in fact hang on a second so the tom clancy state still like pimps out his name to people to write like modern bullshit under right yeah what is the tom clancy propaganda for like the f-35 and the ajax like that must be a fascinating read 
No, I, I, it won't be. It will just. It will. It will just work. Actually, you'll find uh, if I work. if I may dig into my shameful past as a reader of Tom Clancy books, is that in his second book, and I want to say it's called Red Storm Rising, he already predicts the existence of uh, uh, stealth airplanes, which are used to blow up bridges across the Elbe to stop the uh, Soviets advancing into Western Germany. Uh. Anyway, that's your massive. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Um, if I'm still allowed to to be back next week, then uh, you know. But See were you then. allowed to get those stealth planes wet? <laughs> Unfortunately, Tom Clancy uh, doesn't mention that. No, Tom Clancy got wet from them, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently the same problem of, like, the exploding uh, uh, starboard shafts did not occur on the Queen Elizabeth, which suggests either better engineering or at least better quality control because it's mentioned in the article they're like yeah what usually happens with army quality control is like the first one they really like they check quite carefully or at least the navy does because you know the ajax um but with the second one everybody just kind of assumes like yes yeah, right it's fine don't worry about it like they must have nailed this the first time around so there can't be any problems you know not that this piece of shit costs like three billion pounds to just build never mind run um However, stay with the Navy for a second, because this is not the only amazing story uh, in the Navy or indeed for in the Telegraph uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so because there's an inquiry going on into like um, armed forces pro procurement overall, which I'm desperate mm -hmm. to read the, uh, the, the conclusions of. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so HMS Vanguard, which is one of the new fancy new Trident submarines, the, the nuclear powered you know, deterrent uh, that's supposed to carry our nuclear missiles around. Uh, it's had uh -huh. a bit of a problem uh with its nuclear plant and specifically the cooling pipes and you might ask well what was going on and apparently what had happened is uh one of the bolts of the of the cooling system had snapped off and instead of like taking it out and replacing it uh an engineer at the defense contractor a company called babcock just glued the bolt back together and just stuck it back on <laughs> oh i love i love a botched job in like an undersea nuclear power plant, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. As long as long as water slash steam is going in the right direction, who gives a shit? That is that I mean, is it's... peak British Armed Forces shit, though. So yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It's nice to see the private sector taking the lead from the public sector for a change. <laughs> I mean, it was really funny because the, the the Telegraph was citing Ben Wallace, the Armed Forces Minister, uh, and he was like, I had a strong phone call with the CEO of Bad Babcock saying, this bad. <laughs> and it's like, all right, then. Cool. <laughs> well, I, I, I can only imagine the guy at Babcock going, like, what are you going to do about it, bitch boy? <laughs> yeah you do, do you have the design specs are you legally allowed to look at the design specs for your own nuclear submarine i didn't think so but are you, the fuck out <laughs> are you even legally allowed to speak to me i don't think so yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh you, you'll be pleased to hear that at least some heads have sort of rolled um so the former general in charge of the ajax program uh has stepped down as a sort of by way of apology. And I should say, I say former general oh. because uh, he, he was working for uh, uh, General Dynamics at the, at the time, who's had quite an amazing career track. This is uh, from the, te the Telegraph. Um, his, uh, his, his last job was as uh, procurement director of land equipment at the uh, MOD. 
uh, in which capacity, I think in 2011 or 15, uh, he signed the actual contract agreement with General Dynamics to deliver the Ajax. Uh, he left three years later in 2018, uh, went to work first for BAE Systems, then at another company making armored vehicles based in Abu Dhabi, and then landing at General Dynamics Land Systems, and then where he was put in charge of overseeing the contract he himself had signed with the MOD a few years later. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we love to see them actually both sowing and reaping. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite special, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. Like, I'm sure there was, like, some weird, like, government cool-off period that says, okay, for two years you can't work for, like, contracts that you were involved in. And so, like, mm -hmm. I, I imagine the, the second those two, uh, you know, those two years were over, uh, General Dynamics just came by and said, uh, "Would you like a job? We we have a position on an issue you may be familiar with." I mean, you got you got to <laughs> hand it to the guy; it's pure genius to start a project that will go on ad infinite ad infinitum, and just give himself a job for life. Like you 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 you, you sign that contract with uh, General Dynamics, you fuck off on holiday for two years or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, just come right back in, walk through the fucking revolving door between uh, the private sector and um, the public sector and just... It really is. <laughs> that's the zenith of making an indecipherable spreadsheet only you can use. <laughs> I mean, it's slightly it's slightly less complicated than that, actually. Um, because, and again, this is from The Telegraph, and this podcast does not wish to libel or cast aspersions on his reputation. Um, but apparently it was really, it was a very unusual contract for the Ajax, where General Dynamics was paid like a lot of money, cash money up front. <laughs> no which is really no one unusual. is allowed to look upon the Ajax, to touch the Ajax, to think about the Ajax <laughs> without his express permission. <laughs> We're back into the fucking machine cult of the God Emperor with this because it's you know like it what's, with, what's with all this incense? <laughs> yeah, the, the Ajax is too holy. You immortalize me, not peer upon it. Mainly because it'll be microwaved. <laughs> ah, General Void Dragon brackets retired. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently there's like a separate inquiry, a full-on inquiry going on into the Ajax at the moment. And I still don't know if that's going to be like made unredacted available to the public. But I genuinely I hope, I hope it does. God that it is. Because I love, I love our beautiful boy. It's, it's my favorite thing. Uh, but don't, don't mean, worry, though. he's the fucking though. mascot at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blobby riding an Ajax. That, that's, that's what it is. That's the fucking uh, yeah. mascot. <laughs> <laughs> this is the future leftists want. Um, it fucking well is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't want you to worry too much about the state of our uh, armed forces, though, um, because it, in, this is not. It's like it's been. It's been a real. It's been a real humdinger of a of a policy week for for, for Labour. Um, the Shadow Defence Secretary Dennis Healy has been out and about um, saying that. Essentially, don't worry, BAE systems. Don't worry, General Dynamics. When we get into power, we still love we'll, you. We still we want to still get back together. Little, little bit more than that, actually. Um, so he said that Labour would continue to arm uh, Ukraine at a price, I presume. But he's really worried that, like, the UK's own stockpile of like guns and bullets and missiles is running low as a result. Oh, and I know. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, like. This is this is the most. Does anyone know what the NATO standard ammunition is? It's seven point six two millimeter rounds, right? 
it's not actually it's 5.56 millimeter but oh that's a nato standard because all the nato countries use the same stuff if we ever run out of bullets we can just take some of america's they have a lot of them that's the whole point of the nato fucking standard so <laughs> it should never really be much of a concern that we are running out of fucking ammunition it doesn't matter in any real scenario we would have them he was specifically referencing i think it's called they're called the n law uh rockets which the i'm assuming now? is some kind of uh, uh i don't know n-law i think that's what they're called i can't remember i don't oh, right. know. yeah okay yeah yeah that's that's a rocket the, the in law rocket Again. launcher <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So he was, it's, of course, um, being... It, <laughs> just fires 90 bits at you. <laughs> yeah, none of this is... Basically, my point is, none of this is actually a strategic concern. It is purely a financial concern for private businesses that operate in the arms trade. Uh, yeah, of course, he um, was... Uh, he was uh, Dennis Healy was, of course, being interviewed in The Telegraph, that natural home uh, of the Labour Party. Um <laughs> there is an immediate need for a stockpile strategy to sustain support for Ukraine and rearm Britain or our armed forces could be left short. Now, of course, the first question I have is, uh, is the UK about to be invaded? Are there are, are Chinese weather no. balloons heading over here right no, now? Rob, but we're about to start. We're about to start a ground war with Russia. That's what we're about to do. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I forgot. I no, forgot we're we were sorry, about to do a land Sorry, war. sorry, right, hang on, right. I'm not having this on the pod. That is wildly optimistic. We're not about to start ground war with Russia. Optimistic. Yeah, we are. I'm sorry. We, we can't have a ground war with Russia now. It's not close enough to winter. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the tactical time to invade Russia. Um, exactly. If, so, it, if it's good enough for Napoleon, it's good enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said Napoleon there. Um, Uh, mr Mr. healy added that such a strategy would gear up domestic industry to ensure it operated on urgent operational footing what that means is he said you set aside some of the requirements and rigid rules that make procurement in defense so often protracted and often wasteful he said see the problem with procurement and the mod so far as we know is that there's just too many rules and you can't get anything done damn. that's, uh-huh. that's yeah, damn, the problem <laughs> the problem with getting a challenger tank is the fucking paperwork honestly <laughs> well actually apparently, no, sorry i'm coming around unless i agree with that that's true <laughs> well i mean you know you, you you say tanks but apparently um labor might order us some nice new tanks as well because uh we've given some away to the ukrainians uh so we've only got 148 challenges tanks left which is down from 225 or something a couple of years ago so we need more main battle tanks and who better to order more land war fighting equipment than the british government I can't see any problem mm. with that. Oh wait, and there was a there was a program. I'm trying to remember what it was that was supposed to <laughs> replace the armored fighting capacity and be the spearhead for the British armed forces into to twenty. I can't remember what that program. Nah, this escaped me. Uh, anyway, so I don't yeah, think we covered uh, it, Rob. Sorry. And <laughs> and the other thing is like, so the. We're building these stupid vanguards, right? Where where they just glued the bolts back together in, inside the nuclear reactor and don't worry about it. 
Like, mm-hmm. e- if we need more tanks and bullets, why do we also need a nuclear deterrent? Can we just, like, can we not... D- I thought the whole point of the British, uh, like, grand strategy overall is the defense of the homelands is essentially, well, we have nuclear weapons and, you know, whether or not you can fire them without U.S. permission is a is a dis- discussion in and of itself. But, like, w- why do we need these stupid fucking tanks and, like, sh- other shit? Like, are we, you know, apart from our winter invasion of Russia, of course... Like what? The, why um, do we need no, it? The, the 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 submarine bolt thing is actually a response to the fact that we can't fire our own nukes. All you need to do is just take an empty submarine near Russia, just park it off the coast, and just let the reactor slowly build up heat until it finally goes critical. <laughs> oh my God! Are you talking about aquatically offensively doing a Chernobyl to Russia? Yes. Amazing. Yes. Yanks can't stop us. I like the idea of uh, of like a sort of Russian inspired James Bond where like they defuse the British nuclear submarine with seven seconds left to spare. I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> just, by, just by a guy coming on with a fucking drill. <laughs> yeah. no, a, a guy coming on with like a full set of kit and doing repairs to the reactor. It's like, it's those fucking abseil and plasterers, you know, black ops team. Except it's like a fucking nuclear engineer deployed just to, could you fix it? Oh, I see a problem here mate now this bolt this you shouldn't be gluing this just like yeah. you know entire british war effort fine. offset by some russian guy with a hod <laughs> <laughs> and also like in 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 terms of the other stuff that we talked about on previous episodes about uh, episodes about the strikes and people not being paid i couldn't help but notice that liz kendall was out again this week saying well we can't give anybody a pay rise. We have to grow the economy first and then we can pay people, not the other way around because it doesn't work that way. But in the same week, it's like, oh yeah, no, we have infinity money to buy more new horseshit for the MOD. Like those two things go very well hand in hand as it, as it appears. That's weird mm-hmm. how one of uh, paying for one of those things would generate negative Daily Mail headlines, whereas the other one will generate positive Daily Mail headlines. Curious. Huh. Odd. <laughs> it's like you're in the room with me, Robert. It's best not to think of these things. <laughs> anyway, that was the first check-in I wanted to do. Uh, st- everything's still very, going very well at the ABOD. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, to talk a little bit more about, this is a this is a very, very deep cut to a very old episode, uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Crypto UK and Bitcoin uh, as well. I thought, the, I thought uh, all crypto was dead. I thought I thought no. they all just like fallen into a big hole. No, you'd you'd think so with all the you know everything being scams and very stupid and everybody losing their money and you know wails and cries of despair and things of that nature. Um, the UK, uh, the Bank of England, and Listen, the no, Treasury. No, Rob, sorry, Rob. We've been operating free market capitalism for how many fucking years? Quite clearly, those are not barriers. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently the uh, UK Treasury and the Bank of England uh, are insisting on going ahead with a strategy that they call, uh, that they say will... The greatest transform- strategy of all time. ...to transform the UK into a, hu- into a hub for the crypto industry. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to look at uh, how Bitcoin's doing right now. Uh, quite well, apparently. I think they 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 should be up again. I was reading about it uh, this uh, today. Um, anyway, so the new rules or the prospective rules that will be uh, uh, put in place would make crypto lenders and like market makers, so companies, let's say like oh FTX or something, uh, take more responsible uh, more responsibility for consumer money. 
Um, and that would essentially stop stuff like Celsius and FTX, where the exchanges just like sluiced customer money into their own investment funds, etc. Um, this is rubber piece in the FT. Customers should be adequately warned of the ri risks and uh, fund retail funds should be ring-fenced. To which I ask, if they can't do scams, can the crypto economy make money? Uh, and <laughs> I... <laughs> That's a rather large question mark. Uh, but don't worry about it. Uh, the Financial Conduct, this is again from the FT, the Financial Conduct Authority has found a very clever way around this uh, because apparently they have been given supervision of crypto asset businesses uh, for a while now, but only from anti-money laundering perspectives since January of 2020. Um, and this is despite, uh, you know, more that about 85% of all applicants are unable to meet like even the city of London's like minimum standards for you shouldn't be able to money, launder money through whatever company, crypto company it is you're running. Um, but the 15% that do, this is incredible. So this is only in terms of you shouldn't be a, uh, an, a, a, a straight up like money laundering uh, front. If you pass that test set up by the FCA, uh, you will soon be able to temporarily be permitted to promote your services. So you're going to get more crypto ads in the UK of the five companies that are big scams, but are just not sh probably maybe are not involved in money laundering. I don't know the depths of the test, but I'm going to say that they're probably not that deep because if the UK ever got serious about not allowing money laundering in its financial systems, the financial system would fucking collapse. <laughs> Oh, that all sounds great. Yeah, I mean, don't, but it's it's all good news though because Crypto UK, which is the lobbying body for crypto services in the for the UK, uh, says that they love this bespoke exemption from a de facto ban on doing crypto ads ads in the UK. I mean, and we all you, love it. You, you, you can have to be a special kind of deranged lunatic to be the guy who lobbies for crypto, like <laughs> a fully bought in like. GM fucking FUD spouting piece of shit, right? No, I think the people who do this seriously are like mercenaries. Paid in real money. Yeah, they're paid in very real money. You know, it's 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 like that <laughs> bit from uh, from what is again like the the Wolf of Wall Street or something, where it's like, oh no, the people making the trades are idiots. We just cream off a little bit in the middle, and like that's these well, guys. I'm, I'm just picturing so I'm seen from the wire, season two. Where the guys who are helping the uh, the international drug cartel get like their ingredients for processing car cocaine, and just after they make delivery, the guy takes them aside and goes, "Nico, if you want, I pay you in money. If you prefer, I pay you in cocaine." I'm just picturing <laughs> that entire thing, but it's if you want, I pay you in money. If you prefer. I pay you in crypto. No, take the money. Take the money, mate. Just the money. The money is absolutely <laughs> fine. You're okay. Happy with the money. But you could get much bigger returns. No, nope, money's fine. That's okay. Also, like, I, I haven't, like, overlooked the idea that, like, a lot of the, the big crypto companies, including all the ones that have, like, exploded, have been based in, like, the Bahamas, the British Virgin Islands, um, St. Kitts and Nevis, like, all these British, like, parts of, like, the constellation of tax havens that surround the UK. So I just read the book, the Nicholas Jackson book. It's really good, by the way. You should read it. Uh, called Treasure Islands. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, that if they're all based, 
those are all based in like um, uh, British Commonwealth islands and and tax haven, uh, 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 essentially in tax havens, British-run tax havens. And my suspicion is that like by opening the door to this and by setting up like a regulatory authority to oversee crypto, that like they'll just be allowed to move from like the very offshore bits to closer to the onshore bits and finally end up in the in the city of London, which can only end up well i think for for everybody in the uk i think that's that's you know i think they'll just it'll be really good and i don't can't see any can't see anything bad happening with that ever yeah um probably actually fame. i've been asleep for like two years is uh, is my bitcoin still worth a lot <laughs> i got all these bored apes that i bought for like a fucking fortune a year ago i assume that i'm still very rich um <laughs> not exactly but you do get to play a video game where you fly a jet into a fucking sewer pipe so you know it's pretty rad oh that sounds also pretty good, going to be actually. a building also if nothing else and this is sort of a, a broader point of all this is like if you want to introduce regulation to make uk the the uk the hub for the crypto industry i thought the whole point of crypto was that it is deregulated that the whole point is you don't you don't do it. Like, you just leave it alone, you know, that, that the whole Rob, dream was to be Rob, liberated Rob. of... Rob, 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 no, 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 no. At the start, it's deregulated so you can do scams. But when the bottom falls out of the market, it needs to be regulated so you can get sweet, sweet central bank state backing. Come on, man, get with it. Yeah, damn, I keep forgetting that. It's, it's stupid. Um, anyway, so <laughs> from 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 one coin to another, I really thought that this was dead because we talked about this again ages ago with uh, an episode with we don't talk about the weather on it. Um, Bitcoin, it's still alive. It's still a thing, and it, it is coming sooner than you might think to like an idiot near you. Um, it's I was genuinely shocked that this was still like a thing. Uh, so this is apparently um, in response to what the Bank of England has said is a faster than expected rise in private cryptocurrencies. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the Bank of England is speeding up its own process of creating a Britcoin framework. Uh, and these might be available uh, by the end of the decade. So by around 2030, you, the average British citizen, should be able to transact in Bitcoin. Why? <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 well, for delivery. Well, Alistair, uh, uh, basically, Bitcoin would be an electronic-only currency, so there'd be no notes, no coins, etc. And they, it would essentially be what the Bank of England calls a digital pound. Uh, so I mean, it would be like, okay, Rob, hold on, bear with me one moment, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I have a few thoughts. <laughs> Go for it. Am I wrong in thinking that the pounds that are in my bank account are, if you will? A digital pound, or pounds. Yeah, that's those, very possible. Those are yes. backed. Those are no. Those are backed in just a mere digital representation of some gold. That's how that works. No, okay. Al's not. It's so dumber than that. It? It's so dumber than that. No, it's not a gold-backed economy. Instead, it is a. Oh no. It, it, it is a car it is an economy based on a floated currency that isn't pegged to any material like gold, etc. But Alistair, but the made-up banknotes that is our our economy and our currency, your bank does have a fraction of the amount in your bank account held in reserve. Unlike crypto, which would have no fractional reserve. 
So less is more. Yes. Except not really. (laughs) Look, so the Britcoin would be electronic cash that's issued by the Bank of England. So very unlikely. Again, Rob, I'm I'm getting... (laughs) I'm getting real vibes here, like I've been here before. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I, I can see your confusion, Alistair. Right? You're thinking, hang on, the Bank of England issues notes to the banks that are essentially reserve currency as a lender last resort, and that's how money is theoretically introduced into the, you know, uh, economy, right? And I can understand how you confuse that with the Bank of England issuing cryptocurrency as a lender of last resort. It's not, it's not necessarily cryptocurrency, it's just based on crypto standards for safety and stuff. But it is a yeah. digital pound. And like, but I, you, you know, but, but you can, I can, Bank I can England... understand though, right? I can understand how Alice would be confused. But the thing to yeah. understand about the difference is... The, is that the Bank of England wouldn't give you these Britcoins, these digital currencies... Uh, directly, they would provide a private company with them. Let's say, like a, pff, like a, like a sort of an institution that takes in money and then lends them out and then does it some money creation and there's a whole system behind it, like loans I, and stuff. I think Rob and I'm no expert, but I think that might be called a bank. Yeah, but this time uh, uh, it, it, it's something very new. Is you would get your electronic cash in your digital wallet, which is maintained between you and a, and a private company. And what you could do is is you could spend this money like right there on your phone for just like regular everyday online purchases. And you could even transfer this money f- to like friends and family, this Bitcoin, this whole new thing. Mm. They might even, they might even feel... give, give you a card with like some kind of secure kind of scanning thing on it that you can use. It's possible. Like, I mean, the, yeah. the technological... I I can't help but feel but that my initial question of why has remained unanswered. Well, I, I just want to make sure that before we get on to the why is that you understand that um, the digital pound, the Bitcoin, would, according to The Guardian, be interchangeable with cash and bank deposits. And as with the current system of cash and notes, it would be denominated in pound sterling. But it's a digital pound. It's a Bitcoin. It's really right. important that you understand. <laughs> I cannot this. emphasize. I cannot <laughs> overemphasize can, how digital this pound is. It can be. <laughs> it can be digitally exchanged for goods and services. Exactly, and that's and it, you know. Wow, I, I, it's really starting to make sense now. Mm. And, think and, of it like it's a pound, but either you've got it or you don't have it. You know, it's a one or a zero. <laughs> that's that's the way to kind of look at it. But what it would also do, and this is where, where you know, the sting in the tail might actually be, uh, is that the Bitcoin, which which is a whole new currency, would combine traditional finance with new finance, uh, including stable coins and online-only banks like Monzo and Revolut. Mm. Now, I and love it. The banks already exist. Post- what? Yeah, but you this time they would be able to interface with stable coins and stable coins interface with unregulated currencies like bitcoin wouldn't that be great if if like we made a new british currency asset that was like more opened up and easier to connect into the bitcoin supply where everything and again i've I've been asleep for like a year or two so i think i could tell now my bored ape uh that i got off seth green for a really good deal um, <laughs> I, I think I could sell that then to your Bitcoin wallet in a couple of years when I'm assuming it's worth even more money than it is today. 
I've re- mm. I've a, I've got another important question, Rob, and it's weighing heavily. <laughs> yes. Can I can I use the Bitcoin to untraceably buy drugs? Ah, no. See, there's the problem because uh, the the Bank of England will maintain the central ledger. Well, that's so not ideal. You you know you would be able to 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 buy drugs. It just wouldn't be untraceable. It would indeed be very traceable. It's um, it's all the convenience of using crypto with none of the drawbacks <laughs> of buying drugs and doing illegal activity. It's an activity. incredible exercise in doing more of one thing to actually achieve the opposite. This is just a shit ton of extra regulation to deregulate currency. <laughs> I mean, essentially... Uh, uh, what what the Bank of England is, is serious of for a second now, what they want to do is um, they want to create like a big, recognized, trusted uh, uh, digital only currency before because the Bank of England is still thinking that like a private provider like Ethereum or something would create a successful Bitcoin that's beyond their control. So if people, if if they solve the problems of Bitcoin and, you know, any day now, I'm going to go back to bed for <laughs> 18 months. Uh, yeah, if um, I was to start my own cryptocurrency, I would simply solve the problems of cryptocurrency. Duh. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, anyway, I have all these Axie Infinity monsters. They're doing very well, I think. Anyway, it's time for me to go back to bed. Um, no, I, but, Rip Van Crypto. But, <laughs> um, but like, oh no, Grandpa could... Simpson's gotten into crypto. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, but like you can see the, the what the thing is like if the, the if they're worried that one day there will be a successful crypto asset that actually does all the things that crypto promises in its insane insanity that it will one day do, then they would lose control of the money supply because then there would just be a private see, alternative out there. I'm not sure. Right? I've got a slightly different read on this, Rob, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because I'm prepared to accept you've looked into this more than I have recently in your sleep. Um, so, like, my take on this is they're basically looking at all the, the money that's floating around illegally, and they're thinking, well, couldn't we be the means by which it gets cashed out so it has to be cashed out in pounds sterling? So I, I could also be that. Like, the British government just wants to be the HSBC to the drug trade, right? Kinda, the, like, the crypto my, world. My, 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 thinking is it, they're, 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 my thinking is it goes, okay, they do their illegal stuff in, in you know, Bitcoin, then it gets tumbled or more likely run through Monero, um, and then it comes back into fresh Bitcoin, and then that Bitcoin, which is but, legally untraceable, gets converted into Britcoin, that then gets cashed James, out into pounds like, sterling. Y- y- you're not wrong, but like we already have the British Virgin Islands and a shell company in Delaware. You don't you don't need Bitcoin to like move your money through five different shells until it ends up clean and it buys you like a, a, a row house in Mayfair. We've like, already got money laundering. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's. I think it's what just if, like. Um, what if you re- fruit was a bit more briefcasey? <laughs> although I really like the idea. If you remember that um, that thing where HSBC got done for a couple of years ago, that they had like. Uh, bank slots in Mexico that were extra big to accept like bigger yeah. cubes of cash from like dr- drug cartels. But now <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's has so, like it's has so like a good. slot shaped like a bored ape or a lazy lion. <laughs> no, they, they, they made, no, it's even better than a, pig, that. a piggy bank with a hexagonal shape at the top. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
the original story was fantastic, though. Just for the benefit of our listeners who who want to be reminded, like what we did is we collaborated with cartels to have bigger slots for money drops, and the cartels actually rolled up and measured the bigger slots, and then custom made boxes, secure boxes to put their cash in, just to drop off in the bank at these agreed extra large slots. Like just full on like business synergy taking place for money laundering, and uh, yeah, no, the crypto equivalent of that would be fantastic. Like just really, really good. What would what would right? Okay, right, for for a second, what would the Bitcoin stupid gimmick like be in terms of like its symbol? What or shape is the Bitcoin? Yeah, essentially. Um, that's a, oh what actual yeah. Uh, I, I I'm just assuming a hexagon, so we can you could post with your Bitcoin. <laughs> oh my. Oh. <laughs> Just get a fucking NFT of, like, British politicians, like, oh, I've got the fucking David Cameron NFT. Cool. Jesus Christ, <laughs> do you know what the funniest way for them to implement Bitcoin would be? NFTs of literal pound sterling serial numbers. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is one bit, though, which is, uh, again, this is from the, from the article of the FT, which is fantastic. One potential danger flagged previously by the House of Lords and the Bank of England is that a new central bank digital currency could inc- could increase financial instability if households and companies all withdrew money from commercial banks at once to put it to the government backed digital pound. So, like, why would you oh. keep your money up at Barclays <laughs> if you just transferred it into Bitcoin? So oops, hang on. Oops, I did a run on the or did a run on the fiat currency by introducing a cryptocurrency. Yeah, I did a Which run is... on my own currency to chase myself into another currency. That's fantastic. Like so Bitcoin is ba- Bitcoin is backed by pound sterling, but we're afraid that everyone will translate all of their pound sterling into Bitcoin, which means Bitcoin is backed by um... your, new, your new cryptocurrency has the popularity of a runaway freight train. How how are you so popular? <laughs> But don't worry, the Treasury has a solution for this. Um, the Treasury has said Good. it would initially place a limit on the, about, uh, on the amounts that could be held in the new digital wallets, even though such constraints were to reduce the digital currency's usefulness as a payment <laughs> system. <laughs> uh, I'll leave the last word of the, on this uh, uh, to the House of Lords, which, which in its report last year call, <laughs> called Bitcoin a solution seeking a, for a problem. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. That's literally yeah. that's literally what crypto has been doing since since its inception. So, Alistair, <laughs> in all seriousness, in answer to your very first question, because I would have also accepted a Rob noise in uh, as an answer. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and apparently, but I can't see any really good recent news on it, is um, that the uh, UK government is still planning to do uh, uh, UK Treasury NFTs at some point. But that news is like a couple of months years old. A couple of months old. So, you know, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, anyway, I thought we might talk about energy, but I think we're already running long enough on time. Um, and I, I'm sorry, Jamie, I know how much you love energy talk. Uh, so we'll save that for the next episode. Shall we do instead some comment or commentary, uh, David? So this is a, a slightly longer form um, comment or commentary. So uh, buckle the fuck up. No. Do, do we still get one guess at the end or is there like an intermission halfway through? 
Yeah. No, there's an there's an essay portion to the uh, to this <laughs> segment. <laughs> Be right back, firing up Chat GPT. The cause of crime is human wickedness. It is not oh. low incomes or bad housing or being oh. abused by a child or all the other things which fashionable opinion now blames for robbery, violence, and callousness. This is comment. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean the other one. What's the other one? What's the game called? <laughs> <laughs> it's Richard Little guy. John. <laughs> yeah. Commentariat, uh, Jamie. This thinking, is a journalism. I'm thinking commentariat. <laughs> commentariat, Ian Rand. I'm not Let's even go. close to finished. The period between the two world walls is now passing out of memory, but the conditions in which millions of British people lived in those years would simply astonish those living today. Honest, oh, good citizens. Fucking go. <laughs> this is, thrown out this of is like a highlight through. reel, this is. <laughs> Honest, good citizens, thrown out of work through no fault of their own, had nothing, went hungry to bed, and endured the cold and damp and miserable slums for years on end. And they did not, for the most part, turn to crime. Brackets, my for view, the most part. <laughs> Jesus fucking In my view, get... there were several reasons for this. Their generation had been brought up in the Christian religion, which is now fading (laughs) away. They they genuinely believed it was wrong to steal. Justin Welling the Telegraph. (laughs) Crime was quickly detected and swiftly and severely punished. An active and busy police force patrolled the streets on foot and was never far away. This really is a greatest hits reel. This is is fucking incredible. Judge Dredd, the Daily Mail. (laughs) <laughs> judges and magistrates shared the public belief that those who broke the law should suffer for it prisons were under the control of the authorities rather than run by their inmates children grew up in <laughs> strong <laughs> families <laughs> where parents made it clear Citation that lawbreaking was a needed. shameful thing the Pri- like, no if, drugs. Criminals, if criminals had to suffer did they read them this cunt's work <laughs> <laughs> there were no drugs alcohol <laughs> was expensive <laughs> Get off the fucking bus. (laughs) Alcohol was expensive and quite hard to get for much of the time. Boys had fathers. Criminals reliably went to jail for a second offence. Onions were typically worn on the belt. (laughs) Comment or commentariat? Commentariat? Common fucking terriat. Commentariat. Would anyone like to hazard a guess on that? There are some very unsubtle clues in there as to who it was. Uh, it's Rod Little or Richard Little, John. I'm yeah. going to say one of those two. Roger Little, them. John. Nah, Jeremy Clark. <laughs> Jeremy Clark's oh, nope. son. Um, is it what's the face in the Spectator? The no, nope. Alison Pearson. Oh. No, it is not Alison Pearson. It's no, not that Brendan, was, is it? It's Brendan? not Brendan. No, no, no. No, it's that not was. Good. Peter Hitchens in the mail on Sunday. Oh, oh, the gr- the oh daddy is back. Yeah, I was okay. expecting I was expecting some kind of double-barreled name, you know, like fucking Calvin Hitler Mussolini or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> can we please not pretend that Labour can magic away thirteen years of neglect as soon as they come to power just by being brave and bold? Oh, I love expectation that- management, and we've not even started the elections yet. <laughs> That is truss qua ten levels of delusion. 
It's going to take oh. years to repair what's been broken economically, socially, politically, and diplomatically. It will get better incrementally, not instantly. Things will get better incrementally. <laughs> Things can oh, only get has, incrementally better. It has bugger all to do with being cheap and more to do with living in reality. Comment or commentary at. Comment, comment my fucking Twitter feed that I've been reading lately. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm going commentary at. That sounds like something out of The Guardian. I think it's comment, Guardian comment section, genuinely. Uh, I'm going to say commentary just to be contrarian. Yeah, commentary at. That was comment in The Guardian... Yeah. And it was actually a guardian pick. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Very powerful stuff right there. I do understand, but this isn't about poverty. That's a it's very about... bold claim. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. It's I about laziness. But I understand, but makes you know that you're going to hear some absolutely sociopathic shit. Uh, it's, it's about laziness, is it? Well, I suppose that's about, better, because it could have been about the lizard people that secretly control the Illuminati or some bullshit. It's about laziness, bad parenting, and those yeah. parents not understanding or caring about their kids' oral hygiene and health. What? <laughs> well, if, that took a fucking like, swerve. If parents really can't be bothered with their kids' teeth or their health, why on earth have them in the first place? Because nothing... yeah, I only had I only have kids for for their teeth. <laughs> like that's that's well, the value of a child is the teeth that they produce. Yeah, you want because... a few spares lying around. Yeah, because nothing. Absolutely. One day nothing. soon, I'll have finished like fucking my model of a cathedral that I've been building out of child <laughs> teeth. <laughs> Because nothing, absolutely Jamie, nothing, should be more important than that. And if it Jamie, is, would you, is this a comment well in Serial Killer Weekly? <laughs> I was going to say, Jamie, is this... Or, are, or, you know, you, or chat you or saying, whatever the fuck they call it. Are you saying that with your with your teeth cathedral, that, will, that you are about to have, be, have a great becoming? Is that... <laughs> and, and before the liberal left starts screaming... This is what the cost of living crisis has reduced some families to. I'm not buying that either. Not when you can buy a pack of two toothbrushes, brackets, in Asda two, uh, for twenty five p, and a tube of toothpaste for forty nine p. So, so for seventy four p, your kid's teeth would be looked after for months. How Comment much? How much? Commentary the, uh... at. How much is were this... the toothbrushes there, and how and like how much is a stone that I can sharpen the handle on? <laughs> is this is this was this not a publication, and was this Nick Ferrari on LBC? No, because I swear did, to God, he literally yeah, said the exact he did same something similar. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- David is not that self-hating. Commentary. Literally, yeah. every cunt on this island has done something similar, like in the past, like yeah. Just all you hear from fucking people is like, oh, the fuck, you could buy like seven pence worth of tripe and live on it for a year, like my nan did during the Blitz when they didn't have any curtains. Commentary at Telegraph, David. Not even, not even Hitler stopped the bins being collected. <laughs> is this, is this something? Is it is this something, like a, yeah. 
Is this is is there like some kind of you know evil version of the tooth fairy around that I'm not aware of? <laughs> what tooth the tooth fairy putting teeth in kids' mouth mouths <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and charging you for it? It's called a dentist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dentists are just capitalist fairies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's my, that's this is that's my guess. Does that mean I'm the tooth fairy still? Hang on, hang on. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Does that mean the tooth fairy is communist? I mean, you have to pay them. No, they pay you. Uh, no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, the tooth fairy you. sneaks into children's rooms at night. They're a libertarian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Trades and body parts too. Definitely libertarian. I bet they've got a fucking massive cathedral by now, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I mean, Anyone I'm going to say this is fucking commentary. It is fucking whoever, commentary. You're right. Whoever wrote it needs a hard drive check fairly urgent. <laughs> <laughs> that was Carol Malone writing in the Express. Yeah, she um, looks like the fucking type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just. I, I really like to know kids what size that tube of toothpaste is. I mean, I know it doesn't have quite have the rhyme, but there is something to Carol, the teeth snatcher, that's just really vibing with me right now. <laughs> the one thing I have not heard the so-called experts say is drastically reduce your energy demand. Uh-oh. Energy was very expensive would, in the 1970s. I would simply... <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking and people also, did without... Today, also, it seems it's our God-given right to walk around the house in a t-shirt midwinter. Comment or commentary at. Also, I have fucking heard the experts say we need to reduce our energy consumption. That's practically all they've said in terms of solutions. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, I, you know what I mean? What you never hear an expert say is that you can ward off coronavirus by drinking your own piss out of a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Penguins actually have invented Wi-Fi. There's, just, there's no limit to the things you've never heard an expert say. Yeah, most truly people don't is know like that. a fucking untapped resource of whimsy at our disposal. If we could just find a way to power electric lights from it, we'd be fucking sorted. Well done, this this brave genius for speaking out. I mean, it's true. Most people don't know we that. Like, put them in charge yeah, emperor penguins have like a USB C port in their bottom, and like not a lot of people know that. But <laughs> so guesses, please. Ah, uh, fucking oh, comment. Commentary. Oh, idiot. How long does it take to charge? <laughs> How long does it take to charge an emperor penguin? I don't know. Do you want me to go on YouTube and ask Linus Tech Tips? Yeah, that'd be quite useful. <laughs> um. Ah, oh, fuck it. Uh, David, comment. That was a comment. That was a comment on the BBC News website. Have they, they selected fucking this one? shut that thing down, quite frankly. Like. <laughs> they should. Brings us nothing but misery. Final one. Andrew Tate is not a oh, nice person. Fuck me, oh, running. Fucking... And I hope he goes to prison. But. Uh-oh. But. 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 <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs> When the Times reports that courses for teachers on how to tackle Andrew Tate's views are selling out as schools try to persuade teenage boys to shun so-called toxic masculinity, you have to ask if we can't turn this to some sort of educational benefit. After all, 
The received Uh-oh. wisdom is that you cannot teach anything to teenage boys, and yet there was Tate tapping the blackboard for attention and simply stuffing their eager, receptive little heads with toxicity. Oh, here we go. At, at a time when British schools are propping up international league tables for literacy and numeracy, mightn't it be worth getting him into classrooms? Perhaps as um, part of a play I, deal mm. to teach a little <sighs> toxic spelling, a spot of misogynist maths, even a little inappropriate physics. Comment or commentary uh. Oh, is this Sean Bean in Lord of the Rings? Like, oh, what if we could just harness like Andrew Tate and use him to like save our fucking city? I hope, I hope whoever wrote this gets well, shot to death by orcs. Well, Jamie, it's funny you should say that because it has been established that one just not simply walk into Romania. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> walk out of Romania, I think, is more of the point, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I, uh... This feels like someone trying to be a funny cunt um, who's not. Like, this feels like, you know, someone's, like, you know, fucking tight five, essentially. Like they're pitching and workshopping. I'm going to say comment. No, this okay. feels like fucking Alison Pearson. This feels like yeah, fucking Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I, I was think thinking so? Alison Pearson as well. This is, this is going to be some absolute fucking helmet that earns more <laughs> for their column in, like, a week than I see in a year. Yeah, Alison <laughs> Pearson. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and say that this is a spec job. This is a spec script. So uh, that was Giles Corn and the Oh Times. fuck off. Oh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Again I make yeah. the mistake of optimism. Yeah, never do that in comment or commentary. But I do like that like, genuinely for do you know, would it be interesting to get the guy who's on charges of, like, human sex trafficking and possibly doing things with, uh, you know, grooming girls, etc.? Should we get him in a classroom? That seems extremely I, To be British. fair to Giles Corrin here... he's busy I... writing for the fucking Times. <laughs> 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 to be fair to Giles Corrin, I'm fairly certain that he still thinks schools are, like, segregated entirely by gender. Um, I don't think he's going to have any real knowledge of what a normal school's like. So mm. it's also fucking stupid. Andrew Tate didn't fucking appeal to boys. Like that wasn't what Andrew Tate had going on. Andrew Tate's primary audience was like disaffected men in the eighteen yeah. to twenty eight. Because like fucking twelve year old boys don't have any money. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why they should. They, we should. We should put them in the labor pool as well, so they can transfer their Bitcoin to Andrew Tate. And that will solve everything. <laughs> yeah, send send them to work and have the boss fill out a form to say whether they're too young for work so they can go back on to, like, school, essentially. I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, probably. probably I mean, probably. if you were going to take advice from someone about how to run, like, a, a sex slave scam, I would be begrudgingly taking those lessons from a guy who looks like an anchovy from Spongebob Squarepants. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't because like he got arrested for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not to get all Donald Trump, but I don't like the guy that got arrested. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like if you, if you're going to take advice on how to like commit crime, then unfortunately you're starting from yeah. Position. Start asking in the prison. That's yeah. where you'll get the best like fucking knowledge from. <laughs> yeah, you oh. need to get into the uh, prison rise and grind mindset. Yeah. Every morning at six thirty AM in bed every night We're, lights uh, out at nine thirty. <laughs> in, incidentally, by the way, uh, we are starting a new co-joint venture with uh, with Prince Andrew. It's called Andrew U, and the course material is out of this world. 
Uh, every, well, every morning um, I get up and open Palm Slam a TikTok onto my phone. It's Andrew Tate and I start doing the moves right alongside him. So, we'll wrap up the episode here. Um, before we do, though, uh, Rob, I believe you have some uh, charities yeah, to um, um, tell people about. I will, will, and I really hope I remember this time, uh, we will put some links in the episode description. Uh, there was a massive earthquake in Turkey and in Syria uh, today. Uh, thousands of people are dead, and specifically because of the idiocy of our modern diplomatic system, a lot of people are not allowed to uh, donate or give aid to, or aid can't go into Syria, essentially because of the civil war there and well into covert international brackets civil war whatever pick your pick your poison um so there's like a lot of aid going into turkey which needs it um but there are also kurdistan other places that need aid that can't so easily get it so we'll put some links that we think are okay in the um show description and if you have some pennies that will be very kind anyway yeah. on to our census plugs of chaos and madness <clears throat> yeah, um, it's just the usual shit for us. Fucking patreon.com forward slash Praxis Cast. Get yourself a bonus episode and get yourself access to the Discord. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Praxis Cast, where you can see us streaming typically on Thursday nights. Um, and also, you can buy merch at praxiscast.tml.com. And uh, we have t shirts and shit available there if you would like a t shirt. Yeah. And otherwise, go away. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, and that's yet another episode of Podcast Use Praxis.